Hello, Wildcats. All right, cool cats. Welcome back to the podcast. So welcome any new listeners and welcome back any existing cool cats. We're growing and I love that you guys are joining me for this journey. So thank you very much. For those counting along with me at home, this is podcast number 15 and what a fun ride it's been. We have an awesome content packed pod for you guys today with some segments you're already familiar with and some new exciting ones, which you are undoubtedly going to enjoy as well. But before we do crack into the pod, I want to quickly look over the landscape of the league because the finals are just around the corner as we enter round 17 of the 20 rounds in NBL 20. And I think it's important for you guys to know who is and isn't going to make the cut come late February, early March. Firstly, at 15 wins, 8 losses, and 4 games clear of Melbourne in 4th place, I think it's time to say that you'll be seeing our Cats in a record-breaking 34th straight NBL final series, which is just incredible. And I've spoken about what incredible grit and determination this team has embodied as we have dealt with much adversity over those 34 winning seasons. So a big congratulations to our Wildcats. But who else is going to be there with us come the playoffs? So the Sydney Kings sit atop of the NBL ladder with 16 wins and 7 losses, the Wildcats second, with I've already mentioned 15 wins and 8 losses. The surprise packer of the NBL 20 season, the Cairns Taipans, sit third with a fantastic record of 13 wins and 10 losses. And then there's an all-out scrap for the fourth position. United currently hold the fourth spot with 11 wins, but do you know who else has 11 wins? The Brisbane Bullets, the New Zealand Breakers, and the Adelaide 36ers. So some seriously intense stuff coming come the close of this season, with all teams except for Phoenix and the Hawks remaining relevant. The Breakers and the 36ers have both played an extra game over the Bullets and United, so I think it's fair to say that these two teams hold that advantage for the moment. However, the 36ers play the Bullets next, and the Bullets will be playing a doubleheader this weekend. So a rested Adelaide team will come up against a really sore Bullets outfit, and that's really anyone's game. Running through the remaining schedules for these four competing teams for you guys, in order, Melbourne finished the season against the Sydney Kings, Perth Wildcats, Brisbane Bullets, Illawarra Hawks, Cairns Taipans, and South East Melbourne Phoenix. So some tricker games here, guys, and there's a couple of games that they should win, but I'm keeping an eye on that Bullets game because it's going to be an important one in the context of this season finish. The Bullets themselves finish their season in this manner, with South East Melbourne Phoenix first, followed by the 36ers, Melbourne United, the New Zealand Breakers, Perth Wildcats, and the Taipans. So a rough six game for the Bullets here as they come up against three of the top four teams, and the 36 will be looking to shake it up as well as they play the Bullets in what is a must-watch matchup. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, the Cairns Taipans, and then they finish off against the Wildcats. And God, I'd love to shut out those boys in their chances of playing any finals these series. So that'd be the cherry on top of a pretty delicious NBL 20K guard feel. And finally, guys, Scotty Hobson and the New Zealand Breakers will look to pull off the miracle run from starting four losses and nine wins to hopefully making the playoffs for them. But first, they'll have to outplay the Wildcats, 36ers, Hawks, Bullets and Southeast Melbourne to make that dream come true and shock the NBL. Not impossible, there's some pretty poor teams there. So tune in to see Incredible as this NBL 20 season comes to a close. All still to play for now, but it's on to the highlights. So as always, firstly we go with our honourable mentions and we can cue some music. Our first honourable mention is Will Magne and... Will Magne blocks Sam Frawling's dunk down one end and then runs up the court for the stuff down the other. So Will was catching alley-oops and blocking shots all game against these young Hawks, catching oops and protecting hoops in the Will Magne fashion that we've already come to see this NBL 20 season. So honourable mention to Will, 
Secondly, we have Deshaun Tate posterizing Finn Delaney when the Kings played the Breakers in round 16. Deshaun absolutely catching a body and getting fierce at the rim, which I absolutely love. Loving the body contact at the rim by JST in this one, but only an honorable mention. And our final honorable mention was DJ Newbill went for another huge stuff at the rack, but the 36's Obishay had other plans during his dunk attempt way into the hardwood, turning the DJ's music way down in this one. And my winner, cue the drum roll. Perth Wildcats was from Terrific Tariko White. Terrific Tariko takes flight and says goodnight to Southeast Melbourne season as he drives through the lane untouched and rises up just right for a huge Statue of Liberty dunk for the Perth faithful on Members Appreciation Night. And Tariko had battled injury all season, so seeing him rock the rim in round 16 gave me some faith that the former finals MVP has some business yet to take care of in this NBL 20 season. So that's our first Wildcat inducted into the Cool Cats Corner NBL 20 must-see highlight of the week. He joins the Taipans Cam Oliver, Bullets Will Magnet, and the 36ers Eric Griffin in this very exclusive club. So congratulations on keeping it tight to terrific Tariko White. <laughs> but coming up in this pod, guys, we got a couple of little questions we're going to be answering. Which MVP candidate is the Cool Cats Corner player profile of this week? What do the Cats do about their expiring contracts at the end of the season? The Boomers have been named. Is your favorite NBL player in the squad? Reviews, previews, NBL blues, and breakthroughs. All up next. Sit back, relax, enjoy. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware that's a very respected organization. You guys have a lot of winning history, so I'm happy to be a part of this club and try to keep that tradition going. I was happy today that uh, we played at that level. We just kept on playing relentless basketball, which is Wildcats. So cracking straight into our reviews, guys. And we're going to be reviewing our matchup last Friday night against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. And there was a lot of buzz about this game as the Red Army left their respective workplaces Friday afternoon, hoping to kick off the weekend just right with a big W against the traveling Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. It was a milestone game across the court. Mitch Norton playing his half century. Bryce Cotton clocking up his 100th game in the NBL and in a Wildcats uniform as well. Mrs. Yvonne Cotton, or Vonnie as Bryce affectionately refers to her post-game, was there for her son's milestone, and she was immediately adopted by the Red Army as one of our own. There was also a lot of anticipation for the home debut of former NBA veteran Miles Plumley, as well as Perth getting their second look at the Australian boomer, Mitch Creek. As a cherry on top of this hype fest, it was also Members Appreciation Night, as well as former Wildcat Devondrick Walker's NBL debut, so it was all going down and we were there to see it. The Wildcats and the Phoenix were locked up in a low-scoring affair in the first half, with scrappy basketball being served up to us cheering from the rafters. The Wildcats stretching their lead late in the half to take an 11-point buffer into the break. Refs were heavy on the whistle in this one, and this is something that did take the sting out of the contest by disrupting the flow of the game particularly. And I don't want to focus on this. I don't want to be the guy that says the refs suck, but they're making it pretty difficult for me not to be, to be honest. Nonetheless, the Cats came out in the third and took the game by storm, outscoring Southeast Melbourne 30 points to 15 for the quarter helped largely by Clint Lint Chocolate Steindl, who remained scoreless to the half and then quickly had nine points while touching the ball for about all of four seconds. The catch-and-shoot specialist showing the league why he has the green light to shoot every time he steps on the court. Bryce continued to put in the work, hesitating his way to the rack for some off-balance layups which got the crowd on their feet. Bryce finishing the game with 25 points and seven assists. One of those assists particularly stuck out to me. And it was Bryce driving along the baseline to get the ball to Miles Plumlee for an easy bucket in the third. And it was so special to me because that was Miles' first bucket in front of the Perth fans and Bryce could see he was struggling to get it going at home. The act of this assist in itself shows the character of Bryce Cotton. His mum's there. It's his 100th game. 
they're winning by double digits and yet he still manages to get the marquee man involved in. Look, he's a selfless superstar, but we all know that. The Cats finished the matchup 97-71 winners in front of a packed out 13,307 fans on Members Appreciation Night in the Jungle. 71 being the lowest score of the season for Southeast Melbourne. And not to honk my own horn here, guys, but look, for repeat listeners, they'll recognize that I did call this out as being a very, very high possibility for this matchup in my preview for my last pod. So it's a little pat on the back for you there, so A huge shout out to Mitch Norton in his 50th, playing an amazing game and dropping a season high 18 points on 54% shooting from the field. Mitch adding some fantastic defense with two steals and some good rebounding to help limit Southeast Melbourne's second chance points in this contest to only two points. We saw 9 minutes and 45 seconds of Reese Vague in this one for those who have their eyes on the Reese Vague minute watch. The player is out of contract at the end of the season and we're going to need to see Reese making a splash for the remainder of the NBL 20 season. Reese with 4 points and 100% shooting and 3 rebounds in this blowout win. So look, he got a little bit of production but not a lot in his almost 10 minutes there. And a final shout out, terrific to Rico White, knocking down 15 points himself and helping find some shooting form for the import. Another subplot to this game though was the debut of Devondrick Walker. So back in 2017, Devondrick signed with the Perth Wildcats in Australia for the 2017-18 NBL season. But only a month later, the Wildcats announced that Walker had suffered a fracture in his left foot and to be sidelined for a large portion of the season. But look, Walker wanted to play, but after consulting many specialists, he decided to go with a non-surgical approach to repairing the injury. And then he was replaced by former Wildcat and someone we enjoyed watching was JP Takoto. And look, as we know, guys, he was fun to watch in the NBL and sliding doors moment. But Devondrick's first points in the NBL coming on the halftime buzzer this Friday night, where he received the rebound with 13 seconds left on the clock, dribbled the ball up the court. Then he waved John Robeson off to go ISO and then brushed past the defender for an elbow jumper. And it was wet and it was sweet. And then he went on to shoot a Southeast Melbourne team high of 16 points on 54% shooting. So the dude is a scorer. And it just showed once again that the Wildcats recruiting team knows talent when they see it. But boy, would I like to see this guy in a Wildcats uniform one way or another next season. But anyways, guys, the Cats did exactly what I thought they would. They slowed the pace down to have the game played on their terms. They took smart shots. They sent Southeast Melbourne Phoenix home, still not managing a first franchise win against the mighty Perth Wildcats. And they won a ninth straight game at home after coming off a W away from home. A milestone night of Bryce's 100th, Norton's 50th, Miles Plumlee's home opener, the Wildcats win their 15th game of the NBL 20 season. But onto our player profile, and this week, we have an NBL 20 superstar. And Red Army, we got him up next. Matt Damon, sorry, I gotta cut you off right there. Scotty knows. Look, in a Breakers article earlier this season, it stated that Scotty Hobson's six foot seven inch frame and seven foot wingspan, coupled with a quick first step and excellent body control in traffic, could make him one of the deadliest offensive threats in the league. And it has. So, Scotty Hobson is our player profile for this week, and it's a delight to be talking about him. Scotty Hobson is loving his first season in the NBL. And I think the Breakers have finally found a legitimate superstar since the release of Corey Webster earlier this season, Glenn Rice's personal problems, and just generally underperforming imports. Scotty and Sec Henry have made this team a legitimate concern for the entire NBL for the remainder of the season. But this player profiler isn't about the Breakers. It's about Scotty Hobson, or Scotty Too Hardy, however you guys want to roll that. So off the cuff, I want you guys to know that Scotty Hobson's number one jersey is the non-Perth Wildcat jersey that I'd buy for the season. Scotty Hobson has won me over with his ability to take control of games, score efficiently, come into adversity and still call game week in, week out. He has played in three NBA games in his career, two for the Cavaliers in the 2013-14 season and then one for the Dallas Mavericks in the 17-18 season, which I know isn't much, but that also tells me a lot. 
It means this dude has been able to maintain an NBA caliber level play for a sustained stretch of time. Look, it's absolutely awesome that when you think about it, it's been four years between NBA games and during that time, anything could have happened. He motivated himself to push better and continue to push towards a second stint in the NBA. So, so that alone just tells me a lot. Something which has helped his resurgence and was probably a career highlight for Hobson, which occurred back in 2014. And it occurred whilst playing for Sioux Falls Skyforce, which is an NBA D-League team, where Scotty dropped 52 points on 21 field goal attempts, which demonstrates Scotty's propensity to score. And we've seen this in the NBA already this season. And I'll give you guys a little excerpt from a scouting report on Scotty way back in 2010. So this is when he was coming out of college into the draft. And for reference, guys, this is from draftexpress.com. So they say, Scotty Hobson was instrumental in the Tennessee Volunteers getting off to a somewhat surprising 7-0 start. Often looking like the top 10 recruit he was billed as coming out of high school, Hobson's talent is undeniable. And there's no doubt he's caught the eye of NBA scouts with some of the early season performances. Overall, Hobson is a bit of an enigma. For every game like the one he had in Pittsburgh, where he put up 27 points of 10 of 13 shooting in a win against the top five team, he has another like a one for seven performance against Oakland in a loss. Hobson is clearly an NBA caliber athlete with a skill set that has room for improvement. He won't have to wait long to hear his name called out in June. So that was referring to the draft guys. And unfortunately, Scotty wasn't drafted in 2011. And thank God he wasn't because he now graces our court in our great league. But what I did find interesting in this scouting report is the similarity in his ability to shock people and win games, as well as use his NBA caliber athleticism to his benefit, even at 30 years old. What has changed in his game since college is his ability to string consistent productive games together. But what you can't measure on the stat sheet is the fact this dude is a winner, and that is shown this season, pulling the breakers from the depth of despair of NBL 20 to actually being a playoff contender. As mentioned in previous pods, Scotty was late to the party in NBL 20, not making his debut until round 11 against the 36ers. Since returning, Scotty Hobson has brought the Breakers from 4 wins and 9 losses to go 7 wins and 3 losses in the next 10 games and have the Breakers sitting at 11 and 12 and competing for an NBL playoff spot. Scotty averages just under 20 points per game whilst controlling the flow of the game and motivating his teammates around him. Scotty scores these 20 points per game at around 50% shooting from the field, which is just awesome as he also adds over 4 assists and over 6 rebounds a game to provide the star power New Zealand was searching for. So as customary, with all player profilers in the Cool Cats Corner, Scotty has been awarded a special Cool Cats Corner podcast award. After playing for 15 clubs since 2011 across 8 different countries, Scotty Hobson receives the Cool Cats Armando Christian Perez Pitbull, Mr. 305, Mr. Worldwide Award. Went from Mr. 305 to Mr. Worldwide. So welcome to the Cool Cats Corner Player Profiles, Mr. Scotty Hobson. And basketball has shown this man the world, and we are lucky that he's ended up on our doorstep, as I've already said. So more Scotty in the NBL, please. Kind regards, Sug. So after that little wrap-up for Scotty Hobson, guys, we're going to jump straight into our previews, where we're going to preview our upcoming matchup Friday night of the Perth Wildcats with the New Zealand Breakers. And I think the Breakers are going to win this one. Nah. <laughs> I'm, look, I'm all about the fight and the hustle the Breakers have shown this season, but the jungle is where team seasons have come to die. A loss to the Wildcats here would be almost impossible for the Breakers to make the finals and would send the four-time NBL champs home with little to look forward to for the rest of the season. So Sportsbet have our Wildcats as 7.5 point favourites. And look, we covered the 6.5 point spread against South East Melbourne at home last time, but I'm not as confident in this one. The Breakers are coming off some good basketball, getting back-to-back wins in Round 16 over Sydney and then Melbourne. And that's been pretty huge scalps to take. 
The Breakers will be looking to take down the Cats in Perth to finish off this trifecta of NBL juggernauts this weekend. The Breakers are paying $3.62, which honestly isn't awful value, but it's also important to keep in mind that the Wildcats are undefeated against the Breakers this season. The Cats beating the Breakers 79-84 across the ditch, and then 88-77 here in Round 7. But a lot has changed since Round 7, and the Breakers have one very important player who will be out looking for a very big W. And as I said, that's our Cool Cats corner player profile for the week, Scotty Hobson. And Scotty had 22 points with four three-pointers from six attempts against Melbourne. And then, in the same weekend, Scotty had 22 points in the first half against the latter leader Sydney Kings, which was incredible to watch. He slowed down in the second to only finish with 30 points, six rebounds and five assists, but he got that very important W. And also a big shout-out to their centre, Rob Lowe. Not the actor from West Wing with the smut film, but Rob Lowe, the centre for the New Zealand Breakers, who hit a big game-icing three to kill off the Kings with the time expiring in the game. But it's two of my favourite players in the league going head-to-head. 100-gamer Bryce Cotton and Cool Cats feature player Scotty Hobson. And I can't wait for Friday night, guys. It's 6.30 Australian Western Standard Time at the Jungle, so get down there. And just quickly before moving on to the keys of the game, there's some injury news that we should be aware of. So Sek Henry of the New Zealand Breakers, who's a key, key piece in their offense and defense and a foundational player for them this season, he played 11 minutes against Melbourne in his return from a calf injury, which he suffered a few weeks ago. But he generally does play around 30 plus minutes a game for the Breakers and compliments Scotty Hobson really well. But that's big news for the Breakers if they can get him back to the normal minute mark. But even bigger news for the Cats if they can't. So what are some of my keys to the game so we can beat these really hot breakers? Firstly, suffocate Scotty Hobson. So Scotty Hobson takes around 30 to 35% of the total shots that the breakers take, especially lately with the injury to Sec Henry. So let's not let him get hot because he can score quickly. If we can restrict the flow to Hobson and create some smart double teams, he's going to be forced to hand the ball off or try to create a shot. If we can knock Scotty off his flow, he will turn the ball over. How do I know that? Well, Hobson averages 3.13 turnovers per game which is the second highest in the NBL behind Scott Machado. Scotty had five turnovers against Melbourne, four against the Kings, looked did all right against the Bullets with only two, but then had a huge 10 turnover game against the Taipans. And that's his last four games, guys. So as you can see there, that's what, 21 turnovers from his last four, averaging a click over five a game. So if we can score off his turnovers, then they're really going to struggle. And why is it so important that we get these points off turnovers? Because in a recent game against Cairns, who's only the fourth best team in terms of scoring points off turnovers in the league, ultimately resulted in 21 points for Cairns off these turnovers. And this resulted in New Zealand losing the game by six points. And guess what? The Wildcats are even better on turnovers. We rank third in the league for this stat. So his production is up, but so are his TOs. The Wildcats have a good chance to win this game planning for Scotty Hobson alone. A last touch on Scotty, guys. He also shoots free throws at 66%, which is extremely surprising considering he shoots field goals at roughly 50% and three-pointers at 42% this season. So let's make him earn his buckets from the charity stripe. So go hard in on Scotty and we'll be all right. But what's my second key for the game? Let's shock the Breakers early. The Breakers haven't lost the first quarter of a matchup in their last six games. So some first quarters from the last six guys, they put up 21-20 to 20 against the 36ers, 27-24 to 24 against Southeast Melbourne, 25-20 to 20 against Cairns, 18-15 to 15 against Brisbane, they tied it up with Sydney, who gave it a red-hot crack, and then outscored Melbourne 26-18 to in their last first quarter. But we need to come out hot, and if we can't score quickly, then we need to at least stem their flow of scoring. This will take some great team defense and not letting New Zealand get into the lanes. They'll look to stretch the floor with Agent 97, Jared Weeks, Tom Abercrombie, and Sec Henry from three. So let's make them beat us from the perimeter. Let's make them make shots. Thirdly, guys, let's get the ball inside and get after the offensive boards. Alternatively to keeping New Zealand out of the paint, we also really need to get in there ourselves. We have three grown men 
who would be able to bully the breakers' smaller and skinnier centers. Miles Plumley, Nick Kay, and Majok Majok will get good looks against the breakers' front court of Finn Delaney, Rob Lowe, and Brandon Ashley. So the ball needs to find its way in there one way or another to at least, you know, score or draw fouls. Brandon Ashley himself loves a foul. Earlier this season, he had an average of 4.1 fouls per game, which is technically an ejection every single game as the NBA only allows five fouls. But he has pulled it in for this backstretch of the season and lowered his average down to to mid three turnovers a game, like 3.5 around there. But this could be due to him losing big minutes as well as he hasn't performed to the level that they expect him to. We must get after the O-boards in this one and I know we will do it. The Cats are the second best defensive rebounding team in the league, averaging 12 a game. The Breakers average a woeful 8.8. We must box out their bigs and keep this trend running. We've got to keep hunting on the offensive side as it leads to second chance points and more opportunities. And we all know how important the offensive rebound is in the current basketball game. And this stat easily swings games. So guys, as a recap for our preview of the upcoming game this Friday night, suffocate Scotty Hobson, shock the breakers early, and get the ball inside and get after the O-boards. That's how we get it done, Wildcats. I've been on a bit of a run with my predictions lately since calling the Southeast Melbourne's lowest scorer against the Cats in their last outing. So look out for these three keys of the game, and we'll get the win. It's Scotty Hobson v. Bryce Cotton in a must-see matchup. It's win or go home for the Breakers. It's top spot up for grabs of the Cats. And we know what happens in the postseason when the Cats gain home field advantage. It's all to play for on Friday night. So you better be watching. Okay, boomer, you're a boomer. Okay, boomer. Okay, boomer. Boomer is really a state of mind. So welcome to a brand new segment, Cool Cats. And what I have for you right now is Boomer Watch 2020. So the Australian Boomers announced their 24-player squad for the FIBA Asia Cup qualifiers set to kick off in February. Our Boomers will play against New Zealand in their opening game on the 20th of February in Brisbane before travelling to Hong Kong for a matchup on the 23rd of Feb. Sydney's coach Will Weaver will take the role of head coach as Brett Brown remains committed to the 76ers trying to come out of the East in the NBA. Former Wildcat and NBL great CJ Bruton will be assistant to Will Weaver throughout these qualifiers. And what I've done for you guys is I've kind of split this list into three categories and I've pulled out some players which I think are worth chatting a little bit about here. And so our first category that I've pulled out is our notable vets. And the notable veterans in this side are Mitch Creek, Chris Golding, Todd Blanchfield, Nathan Sobey and Mitch McCarron all of which will be looking to control the pace and the flow of these contests that we play in the FIBA qualifiers. Mitch Creek showing his ability to lead a side in the NBL 20 season, and hopefully he can lead a more talented side to some more success. Secondly, guys, we have the category of the youth, and Mitch Creek will set this example for some of the youngsters being bled through the side, which include Sunday Deck Vibes, Dane Pinot, Sam Froling, Quetnoy, Will Magne, Will's partner in crime, Matthew Hodgson, Emmett Nah, and Angus Glover all of which represent the future of Australian basketball. So there's some great names here, guys, and I can't wait to see what, what long careers these guys have in the NBL and on the world stage as well. So keep a good look out for these guys when they take the court in these qualifiers. And finally, my third category with them is the role players. So there's also a nice mixture of NBL starters and role players in this team, including Man Mountain, Harry Froling, playing with his brother Sam, Backpack Shooter, Dave Barlow, Crazy Eyes, Tony Drim, and three-point specialist, Jason Kadee. And these guys will provide some valuable minutes, playing important roles when the starters come off, and also providing that role model type character to the youngsters. But who am I most excited to see play from this list of our guys? All of them, no doubt. Most guys on this list deserve to be there, most, but I'm not going to name names here. I'm just here to watch the youth develop and our vets continue to grow the game of basketball in Australia. However, 
picking from them, I have to say that seeing Big Will Magnate don the Australian gold is going to be a lot of fun. The rim runner is going to send some shots into the rafters, catch big alley-oops, and generate some effort plays that are going to spur on the rest of his team. I also can't wait to see how Sunday Deck Vibes handles the international game. Having brought his NBL play to the next level this season, Sunday is a very deserving player in this team. His on-ball defense will make it a nightmare for opposition players to generate offense, and his unselfish style will flow really nicely into this talented team. Sunday has been showing out with players nowhere near the caliber of the players he'll be suiting up with for the Boomers, okay, so keep an eye out on him for this one. And finally, I want to see how Kuat Noy's scoring translates to the international game. Noy averages 11.5 points per game, just under 7 rebounds, and shoots the ball at 43%. He's been a revelation this season for the Taipans, providing some help scoring when they need it the most. And at the age of 22, and standing 201 centimeters tall, Kuat has the potential to be a deadly wing player in this league, and I want to see his confidence grow as he looks to shine on the bigger stage. And I know what some of you are thinking, why should we care about this squad? We should care because Australian basketball is booming and it's seeing these young stars have the chance to take the next step is all part of the fun. Unlike in the US national team, who have young talented stars dropping out of their team for, you know, rest days, our young Aussies are proud to pull on the yellow and green and we should be proud watching them. Young players who are selected have a really great chance of securing their bag of big money as they look onto their next contracts and many will want to ball out in the Asian champs to help achieve this. Australian basketball is already on the rise, and now it's time to show Asia just how good we've become and why we're viewed as the second best league in the world. I will say one last thing about this squad. You may not notice any Perth Wildcats or Sydney Kings players. That's because it's playoff time around this time of year, and the two top seeds in the NBL may have bigger fish to fry. We'll see players like Nick Kay, Brad Newley, Andrew Bogut, and dare I say Mitch Norton in this team as the year draws on, and the NBL is all said and done. So let's go Boomers. Let's continue to grow this sport. And let's take some big W's on the world stage. Okay, Boomer. That was a right pretty speech, sir. But I ask you, what is a contract? Webster's defines it as an agreement under the law which is unbreakable. Which is unbreakable. Jerry! Yeah, what, what, what can I do for you, Rod? You just tell me, what can I do for you? Show me the money. Cool cats, thank you very much for hanging around to this point in the podcast. It's been a lot of fun bringing it to you. And I've got a final segment for you, and it's a fun one. And it's called Facts on Expiring Cats Contracts. And what we'll be doing is looking at the Wildcats expiring contracts for the end of this year. We have four expirings. Those being Miles Plumley, who's on the end of a one-year deal. Tariko White, who's also on the end of a one-year deal. Reese Vague, on the end of a two-year deal post his DP deal, which is developmental player. And club captain Damian Martin, who's on the last year of a three-year deal. So firstly, on the homegrown talent. With Damian Martin, it all depends if Damian wants to get stuck into his real estate career already, or if he still has some basketball left in the tank. He is currently experiencing his worst shooting season to date, and he is currently sidelined with a foot injury, which he experienced back in December. This has opened the way for more minutes to Norton, who is loving the additional responsibility and flourishing in the role. The team captain will want to make a big splash for his side come finals time. And you know he's going to leave it all on the court. But I do wonder if it's going to be his last time. I have to announce to you that I will never retire. <laughs> I will only retire when I'm dead in this ring. And thanks, Rick. I know we don't want the six-time defensive player of the year to retire. But he's set to return late January, early Feb. And we know the 35-year-old will clamp down on the opposition players when he gets back. The decision on Martin's contract will be completely left up to Damo. He's a champion of the club, 
and he is admired by many, many fans around the NBL. The Wildcats won't be making the call on him, but it's worth keeping an eye on his gameplay as the season draws on, as it may provide more of an indication as what Damon wants to do. So secondly, guys, onto one of my favorite guys to watch around the league on social media and on the bench. He's just a lot of fun, and that's the big vanilla gorilla, Reese Vague. And for those on Reese Vague Minute Watch, you wouldn't have been very excited lately. Reese has seen a reduction in his minutes as the season has worn on. And it's not like we've been stacked at the centre position either. Majok Majok has won the starting role, and Reese doesn't look like he wants to fight for it. Reese himself is a Perth native, and it's only just turned 24 in January. So we'd love to see him flourish, but it just isn't happening at the moment. Trevor tends to play his starters long minutes, and if you're out of the rotation, it's difficult to get minutes. I'd love to see Reese go to another NBL side next year and fight for 20 minutes a game. We've seen the effect this has had on Sunday Deck this season as he made the move from the Wildcats to the Illawarra Hawks, now making the case for the most improved player. Reese's ability to stretch the floor with his three ball is a huge asset, or it could be if he wasn't shooting 30% this season on very little attempts. However, he does need to hit the weight room a little bit more, and he's often outmuscled by centers and even smaller forwards. I'd love to see Reese get his minutes in a Wildcats uniform. However, as you Red Army know, we are constantly in win-now mode, and I don't think we will help Reese reach his full potential. Maybe 30-year-old Reese Vay can come back and knock down the three at 40% and become a tidy role player like, like Daniel Kickett at the Sydney Kings. I don't know. Just something to keep an eye on. But on to the guys we've all been waiting for, and it's the imports. And as you're all probably aware by now, NBL teams are only allowed to have three import players per team. This season for the Cats, they are Bryce Cotton, Tariko White, and Miles Plumley. And two of these players are on expiring contracts at the end of the year. So what's in stock for us next? Well, we can re-sign them. And I have no doubt that's what's going to be the primary objective for Gleason in his front office. Tariko will be 30 in March and he's showing no signs of slowing down. He's the perfect complementary secondary scorer for Bryce as he demands attention from the defense and can score on you quickly. Tariko signed on at the beginning of NBL 18 to a year deal and then re-signed again for NBL 19, not having brought an NBL championship home in that 18 season. He went on to become an NBL champion and a finals MVP that year, burying Melbourne in the playoffs. I see no reason on Perth's end why we wouldn't want to sign Tariko to another one-year deal and at least give him the option to return home. If he does, we'll have to look elsewhere in the free agency market to find our next big star. And we know the Cats are great at that anyway. And on to our next expiring contract of the imports, Miles Plumley. And Miles Plumley's NBL experience is relatively young and we will see how he's enjoying his basketball before making any commitments to stay in Australia. The NBA veteran has signed on for the remainder of the NBL 20 season three weeks ago and has started slowly in Australia. However, as his supermodel girlfriend is Australian, there is always a chance Miles hangs around in Australia to play some basketball next year. I wonder what will happen if we win an NBL title. Will he feel the need to defend that and go back to back? I wonder what will happen if he doesn't win an NBL title. He has never experienced a professional championship before and the cats have the culture to do so. Does he do what Tariko does and comes back for the Red Army and Trevor next year to get that ring? Stay here. Stay as long as you can. For the love of God, cherish it. But thanks, Billy. I would love for him to stay here for as long as he can. But this is the basketball world and it's always changing parts. But moving past these two expiring contracts, we're in a really interesting position when it comes to our imports. It's no secret to anyone that Bryce Cotton is currently in the midst of applying for Australian citizenship. This would mean that Bryce was an Australian and could also represent Australia on the world stage. Averaging a league-leading 22.2 points per game so far this NBL 20 season, this would be huge for Australian basketball. So let's hope this government can push this one through. But what does it mean for the Cats? 
Well, it means that this is going to open up one of these imports positions on the team and allow Bryce to take a regular roster spot. As Bryce is already contracted for the NBL 21 season, this could be a huge benefit for the Cats. If we can re-sign Plumlee and White, it allows us to recruit a third import to add to this already star-studded list of players. That would be incredible and put us in great stead for next season. So, in an ideal world, if Bryce gains citizenship, Miles and Tariko sign on, then who would take the last import spot? Well, why not the guy who was previously a cat and just top scored for South East Melbourne in his NBL debut inside the jungle? I'd love to see Devondrick Walker finally suit up an NBL game for the Wildcats. As mentioned previously in the pod, in 2017 he did sign with the Cats. He was rolling really well, but only a month later he suffered that fracture in his left foot and was sidelined. And then after consulting the specialists, he opted to take a non-surgical approach to repairing the injury, and then he was subsequently replaced in the squad by JP Tokoro. He didn't return to the NBL until a few weeks ago when Southeast Melbourne decided to finally release Keith Benton and make way for the 27-year-old American swingman. Devondrick is a bowler, and all of us in the jungle got to see him flaunt his stuff. He and Bryce Cotton became friends in the D-League after coming out of college, Devondrick having dinner with Bryce the Wednesday before our upcoming matchup last week, and Bryce also referring to Devondrick as his brother-brother in one of the pre-game interviews that he had before that Friday night. So brother-brother, it's so nice he had to drop it twice. And Devondrick has also been quoted saying that if he couldn't play in the NBA, he would absolutely opt to play in the NBL. So all signs lead to a potential Devondrick Walker and Wildcats reunion, and I can honestly say I have my fingers crossed for this one to work out. He's a killer on the court, and any friend of Bryce is a friend of mine. Bruh. But everything happens for a reason, and that's the pod for the week, my cool cats. It's been a lot of fun bringing it to you, but I'm Mason DeLeo. This is the Cool Cats Corner. Thank you for chilling. <laughs>